It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tiger. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show. Recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne, syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network and podcast on the internet at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au. And you can also follow us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. My name's Kay Wenigle and I'm joined today by my co-host Michael Steindl. Hello Kay. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about flexible solar cells made from non-toxic materials, which are getting people very excited about things like the zero energy buildings, which hopefully will be able to generate as much power as they consume. With the global market for the so-called Building Integrated Photovoltaics, BIPV, already valued at US $1.6 billion, the race is on to produce an efficient thin solar cell for the market. A team from the University of New South Wales, led by Dr Xiaojing Hao of the Australian Centre for Advanced Photovoltaics, is claiming the world's highest efficiency rating for a full-sized thin-film solar cell using thin-film technology known as CZTS. Dr Xiaojing Hao is a Senior Lecturer, Arena Research Fellow at the School of Photovoltaic and Renewable Energy Engineering at the University of New South Wales. Hi Xiaojing and welcome to the show. Hello. How are you today? Good, good. Good. Now, firstly, Xiaojing, can you tell us what thin film actually is? Ah, so actually thin film is a, it's a type of like the relatively comparable with the silicon because usually for the silicon PV technology, uh, the absorber of silicon will be around 100 microns. But for the thin film, like a, for example, in the case of a CZTS, for the whole cell, we probably only need a two micron thickness. So if you compare with the, like the, um, the human hair, it's only about one fiftieth of human hair. So we call it like thin film. One fiftieth. Wow. One fiftieth of human hair, yes. Mm-hmm. That's very thin. And, and yes. why, why and is it important um, that we use thin cell, cell, sorry, thin cell technology for this? Ah, yeah, so actually, simply compared with, like, a, um, um, like a, for example, a few uh, hundred microns of silicon, thin film, like, it will be, firstly, like, it will cost less materials, so we can use less materials. Mm-hmm. The, second, the second is, like, a, if it's ultra thin, it will be easier to make it, like, flexible. So whether it's rigid or flexible, it will depend on the substrate that you use. For example, so- if I grow the CDTS, on the flexible stainless steel. So what, what do you see from the final like uh, product? It, it will be a flexible symptoms also. So part of it's straight economic, that we're using um, much less material, but the other thing which would be very important is that flexibility. Is that r- fair? Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. That's, and- I think that, that's one of the most important part. Uh, particular, like uh, uh, for the BIPV, uh, for example, in the facade of the building, for some of the ship, it's like a curved structure. So in this case, we we will prefer to use some like flexible solar cells 
In yes. this case, all of, yeah. So because of the solar cells, we know like uh, one thing is the efficiency of the solar cells. Another thing is like uh, the the total energy, uh, the total electricity generation actually determined by the area it can cover the building. So we want to cover like the, almost all the area of the building, and uh, we also want to put it as a, like a curved structure. Mm. So to, so to maximise that area, the, the thin cells allow yes. you to follow the curve and, and corners of the building. Yeah, um, yeah. So th- they sound like they're quite flexible. Uh, are they opaque, or can you just see through these cells, Dr. Chopin? Uh, actually, actually, we can design to do that. So actually, for the Symphion South, another beauty of these things is the, is the, you are right, you can, we, can make it, we can make it like a slightly semi-transparent. For example, in that case, we can put like that one as a smart window as well. On the so window. It's just a, yeah. So, like for the for the uh, for the BIPV, you can you can use a solar panel as semi transparent solar panel as a smart window, and then you can use the uh, opaque uh, CCTS solar cell just to put on the roof and put on the facade of the building. So, in that case. Uh, you probably you make much use of almost all the area of the building. Wow. Does that lose any efficiency if you put it on windows? Uh, it, it depends on how to design the solar cells. Yeah, so we are, we are working, we currently have like a several research strands. One part is working on its kind of opaque uh, solar cells, but we're also working on one of the research streams is the semi-transparent uh, CTS solar cells. So mm-hmm. for that one, you can still see through, and but also like if you uh, kind of like a functional window, it can generate electricity as well. So you allow certain wavelengths of light through, but the other yes. ones, okay. So you, yes. you just mentioned in passing there CZTS, which um, Kay also mentioned in the intro. Um, that's a very important part of of the work that dif- uh, what differentiates your work, isn't it? Um, what what is special about CZTS? Actually, what is CZTS? Uh, yeah, yeah, CZTS actually is like an abbreviation of a copper zinc tin sulfide, and also some people. So, sorry, what was that? It's yeah. copper zinc copper? tin and C for C for copper. Yeah. Uh, C for zinc. Uh, T for tin. S for sulfur. Sulfur. Good. Yeah. Some people also put a little bit of selenium into it. Selenium. You put a selenium. Yeah, selenium. It can lower the band gap a little bit. So now for the, the band gap of the CZTS, it's a pure sulfide CZTS. Its band gap is around 1.5 EV. Once you put a little bit of selenium, it, you can lower the band gap close to 1.1 EV. So you're talking about band gap. That's um, right down at the physics level, the electron electron energy levels, and it determines... The voltage that, um, or the energy it's required to generate the voltage, and what voltage you get out—is that correct? Uh, that energy actually is kind of like a—it's um, a—it's a basic uh, uh, energy. For example, for the for the sunlight coming to the solar cells, if the band gap of the solar cell is one point five eV, that means like all the solar light with energy higher than one one point five eV can be absorbed by this absorber. But below that, it cannot be absorbed. Which is why putting the selenium in is, is an advantage because it lowers the band gap and allows you to pick up a bit more energy out of the light. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Thanks. And is selenium a more expensive materials than the other ones you've listed, or is or more difficult selenium, to source? 
Uh, selenium is a slight is also earth abundant, but selenium is a slightly uh, is low toxic material, so it's oh, not okay. like non toxic. Selenium is a low toxic, low toxic, but it's still um, I think it's still like a, um, okay for the market at the moment based on the experience of the CIDS mm-hmm. ourselves. It's not as toxic as calcium tetrabate anyway. <laughs> but that that. Toxicity um, brings us to one of the crucial elements of, of the advantages of the work you're doing, doesn't it? That the rival technologies, um, cadmium telluride and the copper indium gallium selenium, uh, sorry, selenide, um, they're much more toxic and, and more scarce materials, is that correct? Yes, that's true. Actually, for the cadmium telluride, um, cadmium we know like uh, it's uh, toxic, and the telluride is the rare materials. For the CHS one, I think selenium is not a big issue. Even if it is low toxic, it is uh, it is like a um, the limitation is not as that low as the cadmium. But uh, for the CHS, the major issue is the indium. As you know, like the indium actually. Um, Actually, indium is heavily used in the flat panel and the touch screen. And we know this type of market is keep increasing in the future. And we can expect the price will be going higher and higher. In some way, like, uh, we think that the cost of the indium will actually help up the deployment of CHS dollar sales because the cost will be too high. So the indium is what is going to drive the cost higher, and, particularly. And, and limit yes. the CIGS technology. In yeah. the CTS ourselves. That's the reason like uh, we call it CTS. Actually CTS is uh, it's uh, proposed as an alternative to replace the CTS ourselves because CTS use all earth abundant and non toxic materials. But also uh, there is also a lot of groups working on the selenium content the CTSSE. That's also like a, it's earth abundant. It's also low cost. The only issue for that one is that it's slightly um, low toxic. And what are the differences in the efficiencies between the different types of thin film cells? Uh, the efficiency for 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 the cadmium telluride and the CSDS, uh the world record of the, of these two type of thin film technologies has already beyond twenty one percent. And for the CZTS. For the CZTS, like pure sulfide CZTS, what I'm working on, so it's like a, a non-toxic without any selenium. And we recently, actually just recently, yeah, uh, we got the, we pushed the efficiency beyond 10% already. Uh, so for the CZTSSE, that's a selenium content uh, CZTS, um, the highest record is uh, held by IBM, which is 12.6%. Okay. And is this early days, so you're expecting the efficiencies to be able to be increased substantially beyond that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we are we are working we are working on that. We we're trying to like analyze what's the um what's the um loss mechanism of this type of ourselves. We put like a we put like a like a um different uh, um um different strategy, uh, just engineering the, the loss of the uh, of the ourselves. So, for example, last year, early of the, at early of last year, our efficiency uh, in light of our small solar cells is only like a, um, seven seven percent. In the September of last year, we managed to push the efficiency to nine point five percent, and early this year, it's already beyond. It's like ten point three percent. So, all of this number 
it's a uh, um, certified source, uh, certified efficiency by um, another third uh, party. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, so so that that should lead us to be quite optimistic if you continue on that sort of trajectory to to getting up near the existing silicon solar cells. Is that um, a fair thing to say? Yeah, yeah. So like uh, we we trying to like a uh, develop develop uh, like a um, um, more. Uh, Technique trying to improve the efficiency. Our initial goal would be like uh, to attract the uh, market and also attract the industry partner. Would be push the efficiency of CTS solar cells to around fifteen percent. But our, our ultimate goal is trying to compete with the at least the idea solar cell. So, uh, so like we want to be on twenty percent. So in that way, it's not just like we can use the CTS solar cell by itself. For example, use the BIPV application. In the other way, actually, it can be stack, can be either like a top layer stack on, on silicon. We can mm. make, it, make it as a tandem cell cell. Yeah, and and then of course you'll get all the um, production volumes and and um, market adoption, which will decrease the price dramatically, won't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, one of the um, you see like a, um, the silicon PV technology actually dominates the current uh, PV market. So it turns up around 90%, and uh, I, I expect silicon PV technology will dominate the market in the future. So when we, when we, like, uh, we, we can chip in uh, is to we make our CDTS uh, solar cell more efficient, and once it's beyond 20%, we've got a chance to step up silicon and make it as the CDTS silicon tandem solar cell. If you consider like uh, these two low materials, both silicon and CDTS belong to the earth abundant and non-toxic materials. And also, if we compare with, for example, silic- the commercialized silicon, uh, calcium tyrite and the CAGS solar cells, only silicon um, have the feature of uh, uh, earth abundance and also the non-toxicity. So I think this makes the makes silicon why like it's so attractive for the pure market and the, and it can be used in the on our roof and also um also for the power station because like it's low material it's it's non toxic and earth abundant so that's our, one of our ultimate goal actually we want to use our technology combine our CTS technology and raise the silicon for the high efficiency tandem solar cells. I believe in, in that way we can like uh, well delay deploy the CHNs so this can solve our technology in the future. Okay, so you've, you've mentioned two important parameters there: the um, the earth abundance and the non toxicity, or the the lack of harm. Um, a, a third factor, of course, is the energy involved. My understanding is that silicon foundries are quite energy intensive. Are you able to mm-hmm. give us an idea of how your technology compares in terms of um, energy required um, before you start to recover it, of course, because that's the, the next factor. Yeah, actually, uh, actually, um, for the uh, CZTS technology, once we like started to design this uh, this uh, manufacturing route, we consider about uh, like a manufacturing cost uh, anyway, uh, because we thought like uh, if we want to like uh, um, be compatible with silicon, it, it's better to use some technology which can be upscalable easier, mm-hmm. and uh, and also this actually will save a lot of cost in terms of uh, research and also upscaling. So we 
patented technology we use is similar to the commercialized CAGS technology. Um, so it's like a, uh, it's like a, a, a inexpensive spartan technology. It's like a magnetron spartan. It's allowing the like the, um, large area fabrication and also gives the very good uh, uniformity of the of the, our film. So that can actually um, actually can um, ensure. The, the uniformity of the solar cells and also like the efficiency um, is efficiency uniformity is also good as well. So in that case, you can use a large area solar cells. Um, so for this one, uh, this actually sparking technology can be just uh, like a kind of uh, put as in, in part of the uh, silicon. For example, you finish your silicon solar cell and in the next step, you put some equipment uh, as with the current uh, commercialized uh, CIGS equipment. Just use that one. You combine these two together. So this will be like, a, um, it just add on on the current silicon technology. But for the, so still like a, uh, for the cost, as what you mentioned, we are still doing like a cost analysis uh, in our lab. For example, for each different fabrication route, or if we want to add on some additional uh, fabrication route, we were trying to calculate what's the additional cost we will brought in. Mm. So we will consider like a, yeah, we will consider like a, um, the cost and the efficiency and trying to get a, like a, trying to get the efficiency and cost ratio be higher instead of just the efficiency. This is a Beyond Zero Climate Solutions show and we're talking to Dr. Xiaojing Heo from the University of New South Wales about the latest development in thin film solar cells, CZTS to be precise. Xiaojing, um, I wasn't clear in the, that last answer you gave about um, the uses of your thin film solar cells, but we did speak to Professor Martin Green, who I understand is a mentor of yours, a couple of years ago, and he suggested yeah. that thin film cells could be added as a layer to existing silicon cell technology, and that would boost the efficiency to more than 30% potentially, given that the um, CT, CZTS thin film responds better to the blue end of the light spectrum, whereas the silicon responds better to the um, infrared end of the spectrum. Is that is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Actually, that's the initial I mentioned about like the bank gap of CTS. The pure surface CTS bank gap is one point five, so the silicon is a one point one point zero to one point one. So that means like a CTS actually should be uh, response better to the blue light. So in this case, like uh, we can use like uh, we can convert the the sunlight energy into electricity more efficiently in the higher energy and in the lower energy part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, so the, yeah. So then you can yeah, actually the, the, increase it to over thirty percent. That if you combine the two. Yeah, like if we if we can like increase the uh, efficiency of the top CDTS uh, layer beyond twenty percent, and then we can combine with current uh, silicon technology. Um, there is a chance to get the total uh, efficiency of tandem cells beyond thirty percent. Can I just come back then to this um, to the question of thickness, I think in the intro you mentioned talking about two micron um, wafers or, or um, thicknesses of, of this material. Is that, um, is that just the active material? What, what's the total thickness of when you produce something that's going to go onto a building surface? 
Ah, the two macaron. Actually, I already included the. I already included the um, like a uh, back content and also on other functional layers. Yeah. So yeah. So it's not just the CDTS, CDTS absorber itself. For CDTS absorber itself, we can't. Uh, we use eight hundred nanometer to one micron. So that's already like a good enough to absorb the light. Um. So once we, if we stack this one on on the silicon, it's like the total thickness would be like a, um, just like the thickness of the total two devices. But if we just for the CDT itself, it it would be yeah it's because it's growing on yeah it's growing on the glass. So you just like a you you put the glass you put the thickness of the glass and adding on also the top like a carbon layer. So it's still like a. Actually, very thin. So, but you can see, like, yeah, solar cells actually is very thin. Yeah. So, is there any commercial production yet, or are they still in research stage? Uh, it's still in the research stage, but actually, after the first uh, price release of the our world record CTS solar cells, I receive a lot of emails and even phone calls, <laughs> and from like the building company, and also from uh, there is another one from Germany. Um, they can tell me this that all oh, it's uh, earth abundant and non toxic. We are they are really like it looks attractive. They want to use this technology on their like with their building materials, for example, the stainless steel or some other building material. As so I see, yeah, we're trying to work hard to get the efficiency, keep pushing the efficiency, and once we can uh, reach like fifteen percent efficiency, we were trying to work in with the the building company to consider like how to design this, like mm. the BIPV product. So you were suddenly a very popular woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's really like a, um, yeah, for like for the research, uh, it's kind of like a, a we, we want to read this research and uh, we get it used for the for the people and uh, people can get like a advantage from these materials. So yeah, so I, I thought like yeah, it will be really good if we can uh, we can get it commercialized and get it served for the people. Shoujing, you've been talking a lot about um, the opportunities in the building industry. Do you also see them in the transport industry for you know trucks, um, planes, ships, or any uh, other applications the, like that? Yeah, uh, actually, another application I would say like uh, um, if the if the we can stack this one uh, with the silicon and if the efficiency of the final tandem cells can be beyond thirty percent, I st- I will see there is a, a chance for this one used on the transport, like for example vehicles and the, and plan. As well, and also in addition to that, there is another application. Actually, is combine this one um, with the battery. For example, we can we can use this as a portable uh, power source as well. Oh, great! Mm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because like this one is a um, is auto film. So like if. For example, in one side you 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 grow the software, another side you you grow the like a you make the um like a battery. So combined with this one, uh, while the battery is serving for the for example um uh, for the for the laptop, uh, you can you can just like uh, you put this one like a for example uh, as a big area on the on the cover of the uh, laptop mm-hmm. where you're working on it on the, in outside. Uh, it's kind of like a, you can still like a, get the sunlight and uh, the, the electricity will be generated to Charge power itself, the yes. or actually or power the battery anyway. Yeah. It, it, so, so I would say, yep. Come on. Sorry, what were you saying, Shouting? Yeah, I would say like there are uh, 
different type of applications for these uh, materials because, like, uh, it it can be rigid and it can be flexible and also it's a thin film. So, so it's like a, a big, actually a lot of like a um, different type of application and also a big market for this if we can get it a high efficiency and commercialize. Yep. So this is a world leading result for you um, as far as efficiency is concerned and also the non-toxic materials. Now, I'm just wondering how your research is funded for this. Uh, our research, actually, we have a, we have a, a strong support from Marina, Australian Research Australian Renewable Research Council, and uh, and we also I also like working with the uh, industry partners, and uh, for example, Baosu in China, and uh, and uh, we we. Also get the um, research funding from our Children's Renewable Council (ARC). So all of this, like the government, the government um, funding source, and also like uh, the interesting industry partners, help to bring the funding into the research group and uh, keep our work going on. So yeah, we, we definitely hope to get this funding um, keep going in the future and. Uh, we're trying to work hard to get this technology commercialized. So they have committed the funding to a f- future date. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we I, we I receive a lot of funding from Arena and also from the uh, IRC, and also we have our own industry partners as well. So they already committed the funding in, into our project. We've we've only got about two minutes left. Um, are you the world leading team on this? Are there other teams working on this too, Doctor Ha? Uh, actually, like a, um, before we break a record, <laughs> the record initially of the pure surface ATS initially was uh, set by uh, IBM. Then it was uh, bricked by Toyota. Then Toyota has, leading the, has been leading this technology for years until last year. We break the uh, record, and then we we actually leading on this uh, leading on this technology mm-hmm. till now and. Uh, just like early this year, like a um, few weeks ago, we set up a new record, uh, so it's beyond 10% already. Mm. Can you just briefly give us some insight into the process for developing this technology? Yeah, the process of de- developing this technology is you're trying to like get the sunlight to be absorbed as much as possible and they're trying to limit the, the loss. Uh, of the generated um, carriers, so it's kind of like a mi- maximize absorption and minimize mm. minimize the, the loss. Still a lot of work to do with this one, but we have managed to engineering the, a lot of, like well, for example, absorbers and also interfaces. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time today, Xiaojing. It's been very fascinating. Thank you. Very nice to talk to you. The Beyond Zero show is brought to you by the climate solutions think tank Beyond Zero Emissions and is recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you want to listen to this show or any of the others we've done, you can go to www.bze.org.au and click on podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at BZE Tech Show. Thanks for listening and hope we'll catch you again next week. It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. 
the market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action.